Today on the Untapped podcast, I'm talking about a topic that has never been covered here before, and that is why it excites me, because often we're talking about how to tap into your potential, get paid to be you, make more income and impact in your life, but what about turning that income and impact into wealth through investing in cryptocurrencies? If you have been curious about this area of the financial world, if you have been considering starting your own portfolio or investing, or if you already are and you want to know more, then this topic is for you. And even if you have no desire, I really still encourage you to have a listen into this conversation with my guest, because I think it will really open your eyes to financial markets and economy and opportunities that are out there for you. Hi, I'm Natalie Sisson, an entrepreneur, best-selling author, speaker, host of this untapped podcast, and a lover of handstands and dogs. I've spent over a decade building successful businesses I love and teaching others to do the same. I want to help you tap into your unlimited potential and make the income and impact you desire simply by being you. In fact, I'm on a mission to help 1,000 women earn at least $10,000 a month and contribute at least 1% of their revenue to causes that they truly care about so that together we can create a ripple effect in this world. So if that sounds like you and you're on board to learn how to make the mindset shifts you need to have the business success you want and the lifestyle that you desire, then this is the podcast for you. Ayalyn Osorio is the Community and Content Manager at NetCoins, one of Canada's leading cryptocurrency exchanges. She is passionate about helping women learn about crypto and, and investing in it to create wealth, as am I. So in this conversation, we talk about cryptocurrency. What the heck is it? The myths about it, how to go about buying it, how to invest in it, how to protect it, and why you should invest in it. It's a really healthy, honest conversation. We don't go into too much of the technical side because we really just want you to look at how can you start in this area, build up your assets, protect yourself, and have diversity of investments in your life. So without further ado, let's dive in. I am super thrilled today to have Ireland Osorio on the Untapped podcast. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm really, really excited actually, because this is a topic that has never been discussed here on the Untapped podcast, which is all about the world of crypto and cryptocurrency and investing and building wealth. So I'm just really excited to dive in because this is something that I've become very, very curious about, quite passionate about and excited about myself over the last probably eight or nine months. But first off, before we dive in any further, I would love for you to let my listeners know, how do you tap into your potential and get paid to be you? That is such a great question. I do not think just when I'm very still, and then realize what do I love to do? And for me, that was writing. I don't think I'm the best writer in the world, but I want to get better at it. So I figured out I can write, I can get better at it. I can tell stories and people love stories. So there must be a way to be able to get a job and make a living from it. And luckily for me, that opportunity came to me. Awesome. And so what do you do right now that just share with people what your role is? My role is being content and community manager at NetCoins, which is a cryptocurrency exchange company here in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, and a crypto exchange company is basically a platform where you can buy, sell, trade cryptocurrencies. So we make it really easy to go from like dollars to cryptocurrencies. Nice. Yeah, I love it. 
And I love that you're in Vancouver, BC. It holds a special place in my heart because I lived there for two years, many years back. That's where I started my business. That's where I started this whole thing. So very exciting. Yeah, but I digress. So what I'd love to dive into today is actually all about crypto. And assuming that if you're listening to this, you might have a portfolio, you might have been thinking of dabbling in it, you might have zero understanding of it, and you really want somebody just to break it down, girl to girl talk, make it seem a little bit more I don't know, doable or understandable, because I know when I started, I'm surrounded by fantastic men in my life and they were all going into it and they were talking all this lingo and all these acronyms. And I was like, what they were literally having conversations that sounded like they were in code. <laughs> and I'd be like pausing every so often going, what's that? Oh, and what's that? Okay. Yeah. Great. And then I just like take notes or just soak it all in. But I appreciate that I'm quite privileged to have that with some pretty smart investors around me who've been doing this for several years and just picking up on those conversations. Whereas if I'd just gone into this myself, I think I'd have been like, what the heck? And there's some great videos on YouTube about what the blockchain is and all those sorts of things. But I thought we'd just have a really good, honest, open conversation so that people can start to get a feel for it. So what do you think is like one of the number one things that people need to know that just kind of gives them an explanation of what this is? Yeah, totally. First of all, I love that this is girl to girl talk. Yeah. I wish I had that when I was learning about Bitcoin and and crypto in general, because I didn't have that. I too was looking at YouTube videos and hearing just men talk about it and having no woman to look towards and to help me understand that. So I really appreciate that sort of girl to girl talk. Yeah. I think a lot of people think of, I'm going to focus on Bitcoin just because there's so many cryptocurrencies. And I think if you can understand Bitcoin, then it's easier to understand the other cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. But I think people think that Bitcoin is this this magic thing that's very <laughs> mysterious that just came out of nowhere. It belongs somewhere. But what it really is, is just another asset. It's just like stocks and real estate. You can have all these different assets and Bitcoin is just a different one. It's not anything sort of like really scary or weird. It's just a financial instrument to help people build wealth. Yeah, I really, really like that. And there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of coins and tokens now, but essentially, yeah, for somebody who's just wanting to get started in this, what is your advice? Because there is so much out there. So for just somebody who's like, okay, I'm curious, I've got some money. It could be several hundred dollars. It might be several thousand, but people can actually invest with next to nothing. What would you say is a really, really good place to get started? Like how does anyone start doing that? I'll share my journey a little bit because when I was learning about Bitcoin, I really, really struggled. I started working on NetCoins in December of 2019 and I knew almost nothing about it. And I was looking at Google, trying to understand crypto, trying to understand blockchain and just being frustrated. I just remember that feeling of why can't I get it? If this is the information that's online, what is wrong with me? Why does it not go in? Where's the gap? What's going on? It was frustrating, I think, for a few months. And then I realized maybe why I don't understand crypto is because I don't understand money. So let me study money first. Mm. And a little time there, you know, what is money? How is it created? How has money evolved throughout time? And at once I was like, okay, got it. Okay, there's an aha moment that clicked. Then I went back into Bitcoin and understood it as this like money as an investment asset. It was so much easier to then dive deeper into Bitcoin and so then during that time, kind of obsessed with it, read books, was listening to podcasts, 
was on Bitcoin Twitter for ages. And a lot of it didn't make sense, but I didn't care. I was just going to try, try, try. And my thought was, if I keep trying, eventually one day, it will just click in my head. Mm-hmm. But I just got to keep going. Even if I learned one random fact today, that will take me really far later on. From there, then I started to explore like Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies. So my advice would be, you know, you don't have to know all of crypto to invest in it. You can start really small. You can start with Bitcoin. Just start there. That's start really small. I think if you start small, you can eventually get to mastery. And just like you were saying, like you don't need a lot of money to invest in Bitcoin. Uh, you can start very small. You could put 20 bucks in and just see how that feels. See what that process is like. See if you believe in it. See if you get excited about it. Just explore it for yourself and just experience it for yourself. That would sort of be my advice. And also, What I think is really important is that a lot of people think that they have to understand the technology behind Bitcoin to invest in it, but you don't. Like, I don't think I'm an expert in the technology behind it, but I understand the economics. I understand the finance part of it. And that's enough for me to believe in it and to invest in it. And so you'll find that a lot of people come into Bitcoin from different angles. And so if your angle is not the same as the rest of the world, which is to understand it in very technical terms, that's totally okay. If you understand how it works and the mission and and how the economics behind it, you're ahead. You're winning. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Actually, you made me realize that back in 2013, when I was writing my first book, The Suitcase Entrepreneur, I was finishing some of it off in Berlin and I was in a co-working space and they had a Bitcoin machine. And it was like this little machine that sat on the table and you could like put in a credit card or a debit card and you could buy Bitcoin. And I was like, this is bizarre. What the heck is this? And I remember researching it and it ended up as one of the trends in my book, like trends to look at and ways to get paid and different forms of currency. I really didn't know enough about it, but I wrote just enough to be dangerous and said, this is something that should be on your radar and then did nothing about it myself. And that would have been pretty awesome had I back in 2013. Anyway, I don't regret it. It just makes me laugh that I wrote about it, but didn't do anything about it. For that very reason that I kind of thought this is a weird geeky trend. It's so obscure. I don't quite understand it. What is the blockchain, et cetera. So I love that you were just like, get curious about it, educate yourself on it, look for good sources. And I think that's like any topic that you're going to dive into. You do need to do your own form of education. You can definitely look to advisors and mentors. You can find people that explain things easily to you. And there are more women who are doing this. And we were talking about this before we hit record is we need more women in this space talking about it because we do have a different approach and we do talk about it in a different way than a lot of other people. And I think that's really healthy. I think to your point about the ATM, actually the president of Netcoins, Mitchell Lemeter, created the world's first Bitcoin ATM, started in Vancouver. Then we went to Berlin, Tokyo, Singapore. So so it was one of Netcoins maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I'd just stuck in my card at the time and gone, okay, I'll have 10 Bitcoin at whatever it would have been back then. Not a lot. Anyway, pretty nuts. Probably actually, do you even know what it might have been priced at back in 2013? Was it maybe a hundred? I want to say about a hundred dollars. Yeah, a hundred dollars. Yeah. And right now it's kind of like about this morning I checked, it was about thirty-two thousand for one bitcoin. So just putting it in perspective. I know it's nuts. So yeah, first off, I think that's a really interesting point is that that machine existed, but I think much like investing in the stock market these days, you do have to have a platform that you can do it through. It's And that's the same for any sort of investing. There's usually an exchange, as you said, like the stock, New York Stock Exchange and the New Zealand Stock Exchange, the Australian Stock Exchange. And as you said, Netcoin is one of these exchanges. 
I use Binance and Independent Reserve myself just because one's in Australia and etc. And then I also have my own wallet, which was something that I didn't even, these are all things that I've been learning over the years. So it's pretty exciting. But do you just want to explain that a little bit more, like how somebody would actually, they've got some money in their bank account, they want to invest, what's one of the processes that they can do to get started? Yeah, I'll speak to maybe more of a Canadian North American audience, which is probably very similar around the world. But say, for example, in Canada, you would have your Canadian dollar. So you transfer from your bank account. And let's say you're sending to Netcoin. So you do an e-transfer and it takes about two minutes. Yeah. And what you'll see is then it'll show the balance in Canadian dollars. So if you sent, let's say, you'll see the $100. And you just click a button that says buy and you choose which cryptocurrency you wish to buy. And let's say it's Bitcoin. Click Bitcoin. How much do you want to buy? You put $20, $50 or the $100. Hit buy, confirm. And there's a fee that you pay as well. And that's pretty much it. So that yeah. whole purchase just takes only a few minutes, which is really incredible because a lot of people think that it's very sketchy and very scary and dangerous and you don't know if you'll get your money but we've come a really long way in how you're able to buy and tap into cryptocurrencies in the short period of time that it's been around now it's just it's not very different to the way that you manage your money on an online banking account yeah it's amazing hey and you can transfer money from your bank account to your exchange and be buying in like minutes what I particularly love is that you can buy 0.00056 of a token or a coin. So for somebody who was just trying to do the math there and go, what would $100 get me of a Bitcoin? Not a lot, but you'd get like this tiny, tiny infinitesimal amount, but you still would have bought it. And that's the crazy thing is you can have 1.3567 of a coin and you can keep adding to that and you can get buying and you can also sell back into your currency and you can buy other coins with that. So I could sell my Bitcoin to buy Ethereum or something else. So it's just exciting. It just, it's, then it becomes about which of these coins do I not necessarily believe in, but am I interested in that are faring well, looking at their market history as well. And for a lot of people, they probably think who've just recently come on to understanding more about crypto. I mean, this has been around since I think you might be able to tell me in better, something like 2004, 2005. Is that, did it, or was it even earlier? Yeah, the white paper was released in 2008 and it was launched in the world January 2008. I was a little bit early. But so just for people, you know, it's been around over a decade. This isn't going anywhere. It's becoming such a huge part of our financial world. And what I find really fascinating, Ireland, and I think you've probably seen this as well, is the whole of blockchain was really created and please button if I'm getting this wrong, to be able to avoid banks and institutions governing and controlling all of our financial wealth. And it was kind of a community peer-to-peer-based system that allowed people to build a trust network around this. I'm not explaining it super well. You can jump in. But what I love is that now these banks and these big institutions and these big Fortune 500s are all investing in it, which has just kind of turned the tables completely. But it's kind of crazy. Do you want to share a little bit more about what you know about the history of why it was set up? Because I do think that's something that really drew me to it, was that it was kind of bucking the trend and saying no to all the institutions and the regulatory control and being much more of a peer-to-peer based network of trust. Totally. Yeah, I think so Bitcoin was created by an anonymous person, a group of people called Satoshi Nakamoto. We don't know who that person is, probably for good reason, because they'd be in trouble if we knew who this person that created this asset and this money that is going to revolutionize our money world, probably be in jail. But it was inspired by just the way that governments, the banking world were just managing our money and the decisions that they were making around money and which 
we assume that have no impact on us. Oh yeah, who cares if the government is printing money? I don't care. As long as I'm fine and I'm able to buy my things, it's totally fine. But what people don't realize is that the decisions that are made out there really have these like the huge impact in your lives and what you're able to afford and ultimately the quality of your life. And so Satoshi Nakamoto was sort of inspired by the mismanagement of money and the bubble that happened in 2008. And, you know, said, you know, we really should have a money that is not controlled and mismanaged or manipulated or corrupted that isn't injuring people's lives or hurting their quality of life. And so then they created this asset that was scarce. And the idea is that if you have an asset that is scarce, with time, it grows in value, right? Like if you have too much of something now and there continues to be too much of that same thing, over time, it's just worth less. But if you have something that is rare, it's going to appreciate in value. And so that's the sort of idea and the power behind Bitcoin and why we say that Bitcoin is a great way to build wealth because it's scarce. And so you have a supply that's limited at 21 million, but what changes is the demand. So the more people want Bitcoin, the higher the price goes. And the less people want Bitcoin, the lower the price goes. But the supply is still fixed. And so in theory, you assume that it's going to grow in value over time. And you have people saying that, you know, it could reach 100000 or $500,000, even a million dollars based on really intense technical analysis. I know but, that bit is nuts. Yeah, <laughs> if that happens, I'll be forever happy. <laughs> oh my gosh, I would be too. But it's really interesting and what really I love about the journey of Bitcoin is that it really started out with cryptographers, this community of cryptographers saying, you know, this is insane how we're managing money. Let's try and secure it through cryptography, et cetera. And then it became like computer nerds and then just these really like techie people. And then it became sort of like a bit more of the masses and then institutions and corporations and now small countries like El Salvador. And you have that evolution in just about 10 years, mm-hmm. a bit over 10 years, so 12 years. That is pretty impressive. So no matter what is happening to the price, you still can't negate the fact that it's come a long way in such a short period of time. Yeah, definitely. And I'm so glad you touched on the cryptography part because the biggest difference, I guess, well, there's many differences, but is that if these are encrypted transactions that people are making, so everything is super protected on the blockchain, well, to a point, there still can be hacking going on, but compared to other monetary systems, it's incredibly encrypted and protected, which is what makes it so interesting. And just thinking about it as well, I know that in Africa, for example, where you can pay now through cryptocurrencies, that's opened up so much for them because a lot of them don't have the same access to safe banking and so being able to do transactions by your phone has just been incredible for the populations there and open them up around the world to be able to do and buy things more safely and transfer money which was pretty incredible so I just love that those areas where it's been really disrupted and has actually had a really great benefit on a lot of communities and populations. Totally, because you could be in any part of the world, the majority of the world, where what you believe in, your religion, your political views, your sexuality, you can be punished for all these things. And the easiest way to punish someone is to control their money, to control access to banking, to increase taxes. Who knows? Like, There's a lot of levers that can be pulled. And the fact that you have Bitcoin and that you can have it, even if you don't have a bank account, even if you have no access to that, that that's pretty powerful. I think there was a story about a Kenyan farmer that was trying to get support from the government through a drought and the, the government wouldn't give it to them because for whatever reasons. And so he just went to Twitter, tapped into the Bitcoin community and said, I need support because if I don't have the funds, I won't be able to grow the crops and help my family, et cetera. And the Bitcoin community just pulled through and sent him Bitcoin instantly. Wow. And that's pretty huge, right? Like, and so if you have people that are able to transact with each other and support each other and be entrepreneurial, 
their lives just improve so much. And I suspect that the more Bitcoin gets adopted throughout the world, it's going to shift the power dynamics a lot. Yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting yeah. to see that play out in the, in the few in the next few years. Yeah, I'm really, really excited by that as well. So let's talk a little bit more about how to make a smart investment. I know this is open to debate and obviously there's lots of different ways that you can invest, but just for those who are listening who are totally starting out, maybe they're pretty keen, they're excited. How do you suggest that people go about investing? And this can be your own personal opinion or maybe what Netcoin suggests, because much like stock markets and share trading, there's all sorts of different ways to go about it. You have people who are super high risk and then you have people who like me a little bit more buy and hold happy to write it out I know of people who have lost their passwords and blockchain which is not a good thing but you can always retrieve them if you have your secret passwords and codes but they kind of as a result have sat on their portfolio for five years and it's probably been a good thing (laughs) because during that time they haven't messed with it and probably done pretty well but what do you sort of advise people when they're just starting out as a good investment strategy I was actually having a really interesting conversation with a friend about this maybe two days ago and they were saying, I see Bitcoin. I hear what you're saying. There's just no reason. I'm still not convinced, et cetera. And I said, well, listen, if you have two parties, right, like on the traditional system and then Bitcoin world, and they're both saying that they're going to win in the long term, then why don't you hedge your bets and have one foot on each world? And you're just mm-hmm. protecting yourself, right? Like you don't have to be all in on one world or the other, right? You have to look after yourself. There is media. There's a lot of people that say, Correct and incorrect information. A lot is said. It's so confusing. So why not hedge your bets is sort of my first point. And then the second is just to invest in what you understand. So that's why I say start really small. Don't try and understand the whole crypto world. You'll be overwhelmed. It'll be confusing. You'll just be more lost. So I say maybe start with Bitcoin, understand it, maybe Ethereum afterwards, and invest as much as you're comfortable with. It doesn't have to be a lot. It can be $10. It can be $20, $100. Start small see what that feels like for you. And then if you feel comfortable, then invest a little bit more. I also don't think it's very wise to try and time the market. I think similar to you, where I I just sort of dollar cost average. So I say, you know, I'm going to buy a certain amount every month uh, or it could be every week. Just to stick to that, whether the price is going up or down, I'm just going to be safe in dollar cost average. And just slow and steady wins the race, in my opinion. And I think that over the long term, it's going to appreciate so much more than I can imagine, right? Like if in 2013, we were saying Bitcoin was at $100 and now it's at in the 30,000s USD in a short period of time, then where are we going to be in the next few years? And especially with everything that's going on in in the world right now with all the money printing and inflation, seeing record numbers of inflation right now, it's super important. So I just say, trying to understand what you're investing in and start small. You don't have to go big. Yeah, I think it's really important to diversify your investment. So I personally have shares in various stock markets. I have property investment and I have my crypto investment. And I did the same thing. I love that my partner, Josh, shared with me. I would just suggest every week, Nat, you invest the same amount of money, no matter what, in a couple of these tokens or currencies And it's quite hard to see, actually, isn't it? Because sometimes it would be higher than I'd bought it and sometimes be a lot lower. And it always felt like, oh, this is a good time to buy or not. But as you said, that dollar cost average over time just worked out really, really well. And then I hit my sort of limit and I was like, that's enough. I'm happy with that. And I'll add in when I see things going on in the market and then I can take a few more risks or I can invest in some more random coins or maybe newer ones or ones that align more with my sort of 
philosophies in life, there are some very ethical coins out there. And it's not all about making money. It's just such a fascinating space to be in. But like anything, I think it is actually about being smart about your strategy. Are you risk tolerant or are you risk averse? And then you choose your method of investing and what you want to do. Yeah. And the crypto world will teach you very quickly which side you're on. Yeah, it will. I mean, you may fall in love with this just for those listeners and be like my partner who ended up doing daily trading and leveraging all sorts of things. And that was exciting and scary. And it had some amazing, exhilarating moments and some heartbreaking moments. And here I was just plodding along by and hold, by and hold. And it'll be whatever it is for you. It'll be right or you'll switch strategies, but it's worth playing with. And I also think as with any investment, any investment, like I also should have said, I invest in companies, smaller amounts, but I do have some startups that I really believe in. I don't expect to see the money back from those if I'm really honest, maybe invested in five or six now, maybe one of those will come off, but I'm really just supporting the founder or the founding team. And I don't expect to necessarily see a return on that investment. And I think that's actually quite a smart move sometimes when you're investing in the share market or in crypto is to be comfortable that you may lose all of this or you may make a fortune, but it can go either way. And just to be really mindful that you may not see that again, I think is, I don't know, that's my personal attitude because then you become less attached to, oh my gosh, look at what I made this week. And as somebody said to me the other day, well, have you actually made that profit now? Have you drawn it out of your accounts yet? And I was like, no, but I know, and that's a really good point. Everything could fall over tomorrow and I wouldn't have that anymore. But you recognize profit when it actually lands in, ironically, your bank account or when you use that money and you're able to purchase other things with it. So just I think that's sometimes a really good attitude to have is be prepared to put in, but also know that you may not get that back or it may work out really, really well for you. Totally. I share a similar story because I am more, I just buy and hold. I don't listen to the noise. There's a headline that's trending and sell, 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 panic just it's all noise. I know Bitcoin. I understand it. I understand what it's trying to do. I believe in the impact. You cannot phase me. Like there's no mainstream outlet that is going to change my mind unless I think like the technology or something's going on within the community itself that's changing. But that's why I keep track of it. That's why I'm on it. That's why I keep my tabs on it. But my partner is more of a let's trade, let's sell, let's cash out. And it's a really interesting yeah, like experience to go through that where I'm just like, I just don't care. I am holding this is for the long run. Like I might even give it off to my grandchildren. Like I don't know. It's just not to be spent right now. I think it's the most valuable asset. But like it's sort of really interesting for me too, because I'm originally from Venezuela and I always compare it to the situation in Venezuela where there's such hyperinflation and the US dollar is worth more than the local currency. And you will see people trying to earn or hoard U.S. dollars, right? Because it's the superior currency or superior asset. You kind of have to be a bit silly to realize that, oh, the U.S. dollars is so much better compared to the local currency. Therefore, I'm going to convert to my local currency and use that. Like you're trading something more valuable for something that's less valuable, Mm -hmm. right? So you're losing out. You think you're winning, but you're actually losing out in the long term, right? Like what matters is to actually hold the U.S. currency. And that's how I see Bitcoin with the dollar. Yeah, I can cash Bitcoin out. Of course, I can in, take a profit. But if there's inflation of like over 5% right now, my dollars are just shrinking in value. My savings just keeps shrinking and shrinking. It sounds great in the short term to have dollars, but I think Bitcoin is a superior asset. Why would I trade it for something that's worth less? Yeah. So my opinion is just buy and hold and just <sighs> 
yeah. and diversify to other other areas as well. It, it's really interesting because I do think that women tend to be more just just really smart with their investments. I think maybe women. I have a lot of girlfriends that are nervous to start investing in general or to start trading. And I'm just like, listen, there's an instinct that women have. We're so good with risk tolerance. Like we have a healthy risk tolerance. We are very smart and wise. Like trust yourself that you're going to go with that instinct and you're going to do okay. Yeah. And actually that's a whole other topic is that women are really good at investing. I know the research has shown that we are really, yeah, really smart with it. Not necessarily that we're just safe, but we do better with our money when we invest it. And then who we give it to and how we pay that forward. Do you have any stats to speak to on that? Or have you seen anything that you've talked about in that space? Not stats, because I am so bad at remembering stats and dates and all of that. But I do know, like like you're saying, they're better investors and they make higher returns and men tend to be a bit more reactive with their investments. So I also read that women tend to outlast men, right? Like we tend to pass away a little later. So it's really important that we have our own money and that we build our own wealth and that we know how we're managing the money and why we're managing in the way that we are, because we're just protecting ourselves in the long run. Yeah, definitely. I love that. One thing I was going to say, just when we were talking back before about the rise and rise of, I guess, what media are saying about things. The other thing that I love, just a piece of advice is please ignore Elon Musk on Twitter. And the reason I say that and why I think cryptocurrencies get a bad rap is that there's these big names and big celebs who have the ability to make the market rise and fall quite quickly. And so just for people, if they don't know that, Elon Musk invested a ton in Bitcoin only, I think it was earlier this year after not touching it for ages, then said that you could buy Teslas and things with them, then reneged on that. And the whole time he was just playing the market with his following and that when the price went soaring up and then it went crashing down and then he actually bought more. And so I just want to like, there's always a reason for why people are doing stuff. And as you said before, to just ignore that and to sit tight or to just believe in what you've invested in and don't go with the hype of the fear. And that's the same with any investing, right? People in investing in shares, you'll see the same thing. Everybody's selling, everybody's buying. I've got to be in on it. It's that FOMO. And that's you where (laughs) the heartbreak comes. So just really trusting your investment strategy and what your aim is and what your long-term plan is really for wealth creation. Totally. Removing that emotion. Yeah. You're going to wreck yourself. It's just not even healthy anyway. And you don't have peace of mind. And if you don't have peace of mind, you can't manage your money well. Yeah. And to your point about institutions buying, like with the whole pandemic and governments printing millions of dollars and creating higher inflation, it's really interesting because a lot of people think that the price of Bitcoin is decreasing. Oh my gosh, it's worth nothing. Everyone's cashing out. Sell. And when the price drops, then corporations and institutions and the billionaires just come in and scoop so much Bitcoin and buying in the millions and billions worth of Bitcoin and hoard it and they just keep quiet. And eventually when Bitcoin increases in value, then the mainstream group is going to come in and say, I want Bitcoin. I have FOMO, but the price of Bitcoin will already be higher. And who is that benefiting? It's benefiting the billionaires, the hedge funds, institutions who bought Bitcoin when it was dropping in value. So another strategy that I love to do as well is when the price decreases, I buy the dip. Yeah, I definitely. jump in. Yeah. On top of my dollar cost averaging, it's just scooping as well as much as I can because you're able to buy more Bitcoin with the lower price. Yeah, I love it. I love that attitude as well. So if you can hear my dogs in the background, there's something very exciting going on out there. So on that note, though, I do want to talk a little bit about how do you protect your assets, this financial asset. And that is slightly different in the crypto market because there's different ways to do that. Do you want to share a couple of ways that people can make sure they're protected? And one thing I will talk about is here is not to just to 
a pretty big thing is I think just to be a little bit on the down low about what you're doing. Like we've both talked about, we have investment in crypto, but to share openly, oh, I made this much this month or I've had this huge amount of profit. Just be aware that like anything, if you're gloating about money or if you're talking about it, you can potentially be a target for somebody coming to hack or people have almost lost their lives over this. People have been kidnapped. It's the history of financial people are greedy. So I just want to say, not that I think women do this, but it is one area that I think you can be smart about downplaying and only talk to trusted friends who understand it on the down low so that you're not necessarily going to be a target for somebody, especially if you do incredibly well in crypto. <laughs> especially if crypto is only going to be more important and valuable in the long term, keep quiet about how much you have. I will never say how much Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrencies I have. I will just admit it in an effort to help people make the leap. But yeah, there's a saying in the, it's more Bitcoin that not your keys, not your coins. And so Mm. the idea is that if you don't truly own your Bitcoin, then you don't own it, right? So if I leave my Bitcoin in an exchange, then I don't really own it. The exchange is in control of it. So there are these Bitcoin wallets that look sort of like USBs. And what you can do is transfer the Bitcoin from the exchange that you bought at into the wallet. And that wallet comes with a password that only you should know. You should never share that password. And even if you sell or lose that USB, you tend to be okay if you know the password. But the whole idea is to protect yourself by moving the crypto, the Bitcoin away from the exchange into the USB. It's no longer online. It makes it harder to hack, makes it harder to find. It makes it harder to confiscate. And that's really like you're in full control of it. And what's more powerful than that, right, than to own the whole your whole financial assets uh, yourself. Yeah. The only thing you don't want to do is lose that wallet or lose your special key phrases or passwords because people have done that. And as I alluded to at the beginning of our conversation, I remember there's a really funny video that somebody put out. Oh, Ryan Reynolds, who I just love. He's making all these brilliant videos. And one of them was about you can get a free phone plan for a month. And he's like, this is John or something. John invested in Bitcoin back in 2003. John is now a multimillionaire. And he's like looking really pleased with himself. He's like, but John also lost his key to his wallet. So essentially he's worth, it was just so funny. And the guy's like, stop reminding me about it. I've been searching for so long and all you're giving me is a lousy credit for a phone. (laughs) It's just a really good video. Can you remember that? I'll link to it in the show notes because it's hilarious. Because there are a lot of people who have that story of way back in 2009, I dipped into this and I have no idea what I've done with it and how it's probably worth X. And you just kind of have to cut <laughs> your losses and live with it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, much like being organized with anything, if you have a safe or if you have pin codes for things, make sure you're always protected. Your passwords, like I use LastPass for that. It's just about being a bit more diligent, especially when you, you're not holding this asset in a financial institution. Totally. If you wouldn't share the password to your bank account, then don't share the password to your Bitcoin. Exactly. It's a sort of a similar thing. And it's just that people aren't taught to really be in full control over their financial, their money, their assets. So this is a bit of a learning curve for people, but they might think, well, you know, no one's going to steal it, but you know, there's hackers and people can still also steal from your bank account, right? Like, yeah. and the reason why it's so important to actually own your Bitcoin is because, in, you know, in Argentina in the last decade, right? Like they had the coup and, the government said all banks must close and no one's pulling out any cash and no one's pulling out uh, like tapping into their savings or pulling out USD. And so now all of a sudden you have no money, even though you have money in the bank, you can't access it because at the end of the day, the banks are in control of your money and things can change really fast and they can decide 
what happens to the money if you get access to it or not. It's not just Argentina. We've seen it in India and places around the developing world. I think also a lot of times people think that these kinds of stuff can't happen in the developed world. Mm. But they forget that there's been lots of great empires throughout history. There's so many great civilizations and they have crashed as well. Like there is nothing that's constant in this world. And if anything, markets and governments and regulations, all of that is dynamic and it's constantly changing. Things can turn out, you know, change for the worse very, very quickly. Like you could get up tomorrow and the currency is done. Like it happened in India with, uh, I think, a specific notes. They just start stop printing them. So yeah. just not take anything for granted, not take even the currency that you use for granted. Mm. So you have to really understand just even the basics of economics and keep an eye on like what's happening in the political world, because that is going to help you make wiser decisions and figure out which assets are worth investing in. And it just, you realize that you're really kind of alone in this and that you have to study and learn yourself and protect yourself because there's really no one else that's going to come and save you. No one has your real best interests at heart. And it sounds very negative, but I think that's the beauty of Bitcoin, that Bitcoin teaches you this, that it says you are your own bank and you are empowered and you can protect yourself. And if you purchase it and you can have value in the long term and you have this asset yourself, like you're okay. So for the first time in history, there's finally a way for you to truly protect yourself. Yeah, I love how you were like, eh, is it? No, I think it's a really, really valid point. I couldn't even imagine being in Argentina when that was happening. I mean, imagine just suddenly not having access to your own hard-earned savings. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember, yeah, anyway, just what has happened, bartering and trading, and you almost go back to the old days of that's how we used to make money flow through our economy. So, yeah, really good point. And that's why diversifying your investment strategies and having different things on hand, protecting mm-hmm. those is really smart. This has been super, super fun. I feel like it's a lot for people to take in, but I just love to finish, I guess, on with NetCoins, who you work for. That is an exchange for folks living in Canada, US. What sort of markets does it cover, just so people know? So right now we only service Canadian users, but we're opening up in the US and Europe, hopefully later this year. Exciting. That's very, very cool to be part of. Yeah, very cool to be part of the crypto world and to be at a startup that's growing. And every month we just keep, killing it. It's been amazing just because more people are understanding crypto and then betting on it and investing it. So it's been an amazing time to be in the space. But yeah, if people want to get started, like they can reach out and ask questions and happy to share my personal experiences and guide. I think it'd be amazing to see more women being less intimidated or afraid and more encouraged to try it out and to invest in it. And if you feel like you're ready, then maybe check out NetCoins. Could be cool to just start even with a small amount of uh, crypto. Yeah, definitely. And so where is the best place for people to reach out and thank you for this conversation? I'll link to NetCoins in the show notes, as well as some of the other exchanges I talked about for people around the Mm. world in different countries. But where's a good place to just connect with you and thank you? I'm on Twitter, just recently joined again. So I'm trying to share a lot of information and around Bitcoin and money and inflation, all of that. It's at ILN underscore Osorio. And then you can just DM me and we, we can chat. Happy to chat it to anyone that wants to talk about it because I love geeking out about this. Perfect. I find like Twitter for me is starting to have a little bit of a renaissance because I was on it way back in like 2004, 2005, 2006. And then I just haven't had anything to do with it for so long. And then I'm starting to hear more people going, I'm getting back into it. There is some good stuff if you filter out all the noise. Um, there are some really great people to follow as well. So maybe we'll get some of your recommendations and we'll pop those in the show notes too for other great women or men to follow who have some really good advice around blockchain and crypto 
Yeah, totally. And there's also Netcoins Twitter, which is at Netcoins, again, to just expand that knowledge. But I also think that Twitter is having a renaissance. But you have to be very careful who you follow. You just have to protect your content diet because that affects your thoughts and your behaviors and the decisions you make and how you live your life. So my Twitter is very strict who I follow. Nice. It's going to be like, am I learning something? Am I taking away something from this? It's not just mindlessly scrolling throughout. Perfect. Yeah, I really love that advice. That's good news for any social media site. No mindless scrolling. Be very specific who you want to learn from and what you want to take in and consume. So excellent. This has been so much fun. It definitely makes me want to learn and go back to some of these resources and really continue that education so that I can become smarter about this, but just really monetary systems in general and understanding the trends of what's happening. So thank you for shining a light on it. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun to be here. So I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. I kind of felt a little bit strange even when I'm talking about it because I realized that I know more than I thought, but at the same time, it's a little bit shaky. So definitely listen more to Ireland's advice and do come across to the show notes. This is episode 141. So nataliesisson.com forward slash 141. And we'll share in there a link to get $20 credited to your account if you're a Canadian resident when you sign up for Netcoins. So that was a really generous offer. It's netcoins.ca forward slash women in crypto. That's C-R-Y-P-T-O. So if you're in Canada, take advantage of that. At the time of this recording coming out, they might have even expanded into the US and Europe. But also in the show notes at nataliesisson.com forward slash 141, you will find links to some of the exchanges I talked about, Binance, Independent Reserve, and I'll also put some others in there, depending on where you are in the world, that you get started on straight away. I would love to have more conversations around this topic. So if you enjoyed it, or if you're like, that was a really great start, but I'm still confused, or I want to know more, please let us know in the comments on Twitter at Natalie Sisson, on Instagram at Natalie Sisson. When we share this, feel free to comment below about what else you'd like to learn because Ireland and I are like, we're happy to have more conversations. I'm happy to bring in more guests on this topic. I'm definitely keen to help you not only grow your income, tap into your potential, but also invest in yourself and build wealth in different ways that really suit you. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a blast. And I want you to go forth and tap into your potential this week. 